And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The presenting sponsor of The Audible is Trader Joe's. Bruce, can I get you to listen to a new podcast? Sure, Stu. There's always, uh, I got always time for another podcast on the walk to the gym or at the gym or whenever. Well, Inside Trader Joe's is a five-part podcast series that takes you literally inside Trader Joe's. Go inside the TJ's tasting panel. Travel to wineries in Napa Valley and around the world to discover the next great Trader Joe's products. Discover why they wear those super fashionable Hawaiian shirts. I've always wondered that myself. And you'll find Inside Trader Joe's on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Audible. I'm Stuart Mandel, joined as always by Bruce Feldman. This is a special edition of The Audible for a few reasons. First of all, as you're listening to this, I'm already well on vacation. We recorded this last Friday. Second of all, we have a very special guest. Please say hello to Dan Uthman, Managing Editor of The All-American at The Athletic. Greetings. Thanks for having me. Dan, we brought you on for a specific reason. You know, hey, why is why Stu, why is Dan on here? What what's going on? You gonna surprise me with something? Well, I thought maybe you could surprise the public with something. You know, evidently not, Stu. Okay, so word word got out. <laughs> just just tell the people why we're doing this today. We're doing this because I've officially become your writing colleague again after a, not even a full year, I guess. So this was one of the poor, one of the worst kept secrets apparently in the last few weeks. It started to get out. Uh, in early May, when I was at conference meetings in Arizona, that I was going to join uh, the athletic. Although, as one college football source approached me in Arizona, said, "I heard you're going to the Atlantic," I'm like, "No, yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do any of that kind of work." But yeah, so the the report is true from awful announcing they scooped me and. I felt bad because the person who reached out to me, I, I had never met before, but sent me an email saying, I got a tip that you're going to athletic. Can you comment or whatnot? And I just couldn't at that point because we had planned on making an announcement as we are today, Wednesday. And it's been in the works for, for a while and I'm very excited about it. And it's something that both Stu, you and I have talked to Dan about working together way back in our foxsports.com days. And in fact, at one point we had in our little master sheet of possible things, we were going to hire Chris Vanini. And so you scooped me on that too. You did all those <laughs> things. And so I'm late to the party, but I'm here. I mean, we're very, very, very excited. It's like you said, it's something, I mean, first you and I talked about this back at Fox. Then Dan and I talked about having a college football vertical and what would it look like and who would we hire and as of today, it has finally all officially come together. So, Dan, first of all, for people who don't realize, you know, I have the editor-in-chief title of the All-American, but Dan really does all the work. He's the day-to-day -day editor of the whole site. 
working with our writers, and now he will be, he's my editor, he'll now be Bruce's editor as well. What can we expect? What are you going to make Bruce do? (laughs) A lot of what he's been doing, and maybe tweaking some things and pulling some other things out, I think, over time. But, you know, I think in, in my role, I love it when people are highly engaged. I consider myself highly engaged. And um, Bruce is extremely highly engaged in the subject that he's covered for all these years. And so it's a real pleasure and thrill that I'll be working with him and will be working with him now. We'll definitely be crafting a lot of things over time. We sort of are having constant conversations already. But uh, no, I think it's great. You know, it's this is something not to peel back the onion too far, but it's something that we have talked about, like you said, for a while. And, you know, when you sort of throw things against the wall or just say, what if you never exactly expect them to happen but the fact that this is something that is happening is is really really exciting dan i should tell you Stu has been trying to plant the seed in me subliminally for quite some time to move on from si his old employer to his new one and in fact i kind of got got a whiff of it i had spent a while working on this joe moorhead oral history for si back you know in mid-season yep and i felt pretty good about it and i got a text from Stu going Man, there were so many pop-ups coming in on that thing, and so many, <laughs> so many ads, and so many pop-ups and stuff. It was like, and the piece had, like, in addition to just the the narrative of it, it also had like a lot of video to it. And so I could, you know, and the editor Eric Single, who I am indebted to for my year at SI or almost year at SI, you know, did a great job with it. But Stu's Stu's little way actually. Every once in a while, I would hear that kind of thing from him. Or when we would tape our podcast, and this, you know, we both were kind of fell to this, where every once in a while you click on a Dennis Dodd story on an, on his website, and some video would pop up, or you know, whatever. And I don't know if I just got conditioned to that's He's the way it was, and then yeah. yeah, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is a much more easy experience for a reader never not to mention that the pages don't load up so slow and everything else so there was like lots of little things like that but ultimately it was you know it's funny one of the one of the selling points for me on on the athletic actually had nothing to do with college football i i signed up because you know i'm supporting Stu, and I, you know as soon as he said it's go i'm going so i signed up and part of it was you know it would say what are your favorite teams and I guess as some of our listeners know, I'm a pretty big NBA fan and I watch a lot of Warriors games, you know. And so I clicked, you know, I checked off the Warriors box and the Warriors content that I got was fantastic. You know, just the stuff of takeaways from games and everything. It just it made you a smarter fan. And I thought about it. And my approach has always been or at least has been, you know, in the last decade, especially has has been a, you know, I know I have a, you know, a unique level of access in part because of, of having the TV side that I still have at Fox, but also just from the relationships I've, I've developed over 20 years. But also, I felt like just my instincts are if I go somewhere, I feel like I can bring back a unique story. And I thought that I saw that. Uh, and not to try to sell people as much on subscribing, but one of the things that I 
realized and when Stu and I had had these conversations, you can go back to our last audible episode on Fox where it's just kind of like what's going on. And Stu had a, a conviction. And I think it was even before he really knew the, the athletic was viable for him as an option was going to be, Hey, there's going to be something there. I just believe something's going to be there. And I kind of thought as the year went on, just watching your site grow was it was fortunate for you guys that with all the massive layoffs, especially at ESPN.com, where they sliced 75% of their college staff, there was a lot of content and a lot of stories that they had they had been pursuing over you know the previous years that that real estate was kind of seeded and nobody was covering it until you guys kind of jumped into it. So that also made it appealing for me. I mean, in terms of the autoplays, like you mentioned, I, I knew that would be a selling point, but I don't think I anticipated just how much other people felt the same frustration that, that I did and many people did. And that, that as we launched the site last August and you and I would send tweets, we'd all send tweets promoting it. And I noticed that the ones that emphasize no, no ads, no autoplay videos, no clickbait resonated probably more so than the hey, sign up for all our great writing. People had had enough. And it's like you said, you become conditioned to it. You think, well, this is just how the internet is now. And like, well, actually, no, there's there's a different way to do it. I'm going to ask you a question a lot of people asked me when I started. But you, know, you, and in particular, though, it's different for you because, what, four jobs ago at ESPN, you wrote for ESPN Insider. People had to subscribe to read that those stories. I feel like the landscape has changed very quickly even just since we launched this site in terms of people being more open to subscription sites but given your experience there what made you okay with um doing another subscription site i think because as you said the landscape had changed a lot when i was at espn insider i was kind of a joint hire you know in the role of that Myself, Buster Olney, a you know a longtime baseball writer, we were kind of the first ones who were blogging all year round for for the site. But a lot of what Insider also was driving it was the you know they had the Kuiper stuff. They had a bunch of different things that were fell into other niches that people would pay for. And you know our site did well. Uh, you know as I remember, I don't know how it's done since. You know I haven't tracked it as much, but but it was you know kind of fell in the category of more niche stuff. You know, we weren't putting features necessarily there. It was, it, there were blogs and, you know, how we both approached it. And then I think they had more people end up going into it. And I, I think the model has shifted a little bit. But so back then, that's how it was. And I remember, I, I, full disclosure, and this is not even any shock here, I wasn't planning on leaving ESPN at any point because of any of that. It just, you know, a lot of stuff came together in a, in a big mess. And it, and. On the way out, I'm inter- interviewing and people are bringing me in to talk about possible jobs. And Stu, your old boss, Terry McDonald at, at SI, you know, I had a meeting with him and he suggested, hey, you have this following. What about doing your own site and or subscription site? And I just was thinking, no, nah, that's not me. I don't I don't want to handle a business like that. I, the content part, sure. But all the the bookkeeping and different things that that making that work i just that was just not for me and so when i went to cbs you know it was a big part was to go to do tv but also it was like hey i was not going to be behind the paywall 
And then as things kind of gone on, I'll be honest, I mean, you guys have done the heavy lifting to get the site off the ground. It's gotten traction. It's obviously gotten a lot more traction just since the football season ended with the other hires and the more and more people you, you guys have all brought in. But so that made it easier. And, and look, and again, to being perfectly honest, it's a less of a risky proposition for me because I'm still doing Fox Sports and that's a big part of my job. So, you know, when I looked at it as, and this is not a reflection of anything on SI or SI.com, but I just thought, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time obviously around you guys. I'd spent a bunch of time now around Max Olson and several other of, of your staff. And when I went up to San Francisco where your offices are, what, you know, and I don't want to get into too much of the behind the scenes stuff, but there was a few other things that whatever questions I might have had were answered then. So it wasn't a tough decision. It wasn't like I was going to go back to my bosses and go, okay, they're going to offer me X. Can you offer me X plus Y? It wasn't anything like that. I just, you know, I was sold. And I think it's an opportunity where, look, we pay, you pay for cable, you pay for, you know, the hometown newspaper. You know, we used to get two newspapers delivered to our house when I was a little kid. You pay for magazine subscriptions. You know, I think people are, you know, should expect to, to, to get what you pay for. And, and the, the, the flip side is that too, is if you're, getting it for free what are you what are you exactly you're getting and how how uh, sure of what you're getting is is good content because a lot of the other places and i can speak from experience on this are not are not really paying to send people out to go to go do the work and get on the ground and go chase stories and and that I think ultimately benefits the reader if you have people who do that Bruce not to date ourselves but i came up out of school and entered the college sports journalism business at a time when, well, this will date me a little bit. Mike Tomlin was just entering the coaching business himself. Uh, so it's been a while. But, you know, you have been around college football for, for many years, have great contacts. I'm sort of wondering, like, the way you do your job now was there something that either a moment or a conversation or a person that sort of like lit a spark in you to say like, this is the way it should be done or this is the way I want to do it? In terms of how I approach the job or going to work with you guys? No, going to how you approach the job in general. Yeah. You know, there's a few people, you know, when I would sit and when I first got to ESPN, Peter Gammons and, and Chris Mortensen were, were the insider guys and that was a valued commodity from ESPN's perspective to have stuff because you know they obviously weren't the the game analysts you know they had their former players and coaches who were the experts on that but it was in terms of just what do I need to know because I think ultimately those connections you have and those relationships they're not for one story they're for a lot more than that and so I thought the more inside I can get the more the more trust I have with people, the more it's going to benefit the reader on things. And whether that means you broke who the new offensive coordinator is somewhere, or you can explain something in a lot more detail. I just thought that's a commodity. And so, you know, I had a decision to make probably 15 years ago when I was at ESPN magazine, I was doing features and I always said, I want I was doing a lot of enterprise stuff. And some of the features were pretty dark. They weren't all college football. In fact, a lot of them weren't. And our editor-in-chief said, hey, you basically have two, two paths you can go. You can either 
you know, continue to do this, these features we like where they're, you know, what we categorize as enterprise, or you can go, there was kind of a void at ESPN.com or ESPN, especially ESPN.com to go be kind of the insider for college football. I mean, they had some writers there who were, who were accomplished writers, but just there was an opportunity there. And I looked and I saw, you know, I saw Peter and what he had done and Tim Kirchin had gotten traction there. I don't know if Buster was there at the time, but certainly, you know, I looked around and saw those other, and I said, man, that's, I grew up being an ESPN guy. I grew up being an ESPN fan of this, of these sports. I love the sports. Those other stories, I'm not sure I have the stomach to do those for 20 years. And because it's frustrating to go grinding through the editing process and deal with a lot of the other things. But these other stories and, and insider stuff, that appealed to me. And so I went that route and it's been, you know, college football all year round, basically. I mean, SI threw me into the NCAA tournament for a minute, this, you know, like a, two months ago. But it's, it's just something that I still love the games, you know, and, and because of that, and I still love the sport. And it's just something where it never feels old, you know, and I think that's one of the challenges we have in, in, in probably any field, but certainly in, in sports writing is, how do you how do you avoid where it feels cliche or kind of going through the same story again? Because when I was at the ESPN magazine, there were definitely it was a running joke with me and my editor. It was like I've probably done three stories of a kid who was fat and remember being fat and, and teased, and then he became whether he became Richie Incognito or because that was one version of it. But there was like other guys who had that, like they had a mean streak because of that, you know and you you know you kind of watch where you kind of have to jump the tracks where it's some story that feels kind of similar to one you did before and i think in this capacity there aren't as many of that not to say that everybody's unique but that's the part that just always appeals to me it's the information and finding out something i mean two hours ago i was on the phone with somebody who i wouldn't say was a you know a, a famous college football coach but he was a great source of telling me stuff about people that are that are relevant and stuff that I didn't really know. And so I just love the aspect of finding out stuff that maybe I wondered about, maybe I didn't, maybe it was, you know, off my radar. But once I found out about it, I'm like, this is really cool stuff. And you just kind of want to tell people about it. And I think, uh, you know, I look back to some of the stories that I like the most. It's like, hey, I got I got some information and it was almost like you're, I'm down uh, by me writing the story. The reader gets to download what I've learned, and it, I feel like it's usually pretty cool stuff. Have you guys ever like told on this podcast your origin story, like why you guys are connected and and why you reunite or unite at all? <laughs> no, probably not. I'm not uh, sure if I know this story to begin with. Um, <laughs> from my my two cents of it. I, I had just got TSPN Magazine as the kind of liaison to the website, and we had a bunch of interns. Some were not good, because I remember one was horrible. Not like a horrible person, but I just remembered, Stu wouldn't even probably remember this person. I won't say their name, because I don't even know Please if they're in business or not. But, but they had been somewhere where they were kind of, I don't say witness, but they, were, they basically had a story kind of fall in their lap. And I just assumed because, well, this is ESPN magazine that everybody's here as a, as a capable writer. So I went back, you know, got on the train and went back home at the end of the day. And I had just let this person because our number two research person, he will not be named on this either, but was a longtime SI guy, 
had told me about how great the story must have been that this intern they had had had. And so I just kind of turned it over to our desk, ESPN.com desk in Seattle. And the next morning, I just like was taking a beating from like, because I guess this was such a heavy edit and such a frustrating process. And I just dumped a bag of crap on somebody's desk because I just assumed this person was capable and wasn't. So Stu was the intern. I knew he went to some big Big Ten school. I didn't know much more than that. Quick, quick had, side note, Bruce. Yes. Uh, my intern class, there were two other interns. One was a woman whose name I don't remember. And even if I did, I wouldn't throw her under the bus like this. It was 20 years ago who didn't really have a journalism background. I think she, she knew somebody there. And um, I was interviewing Barry Alvarez for the Wisconsin season preview, you know, on like the other side of the cubicle. And she it was like, she couldn't figure out, it's like she couldn't even grasp, like, how does that happen? Like, how did you get to talk to the coach of, the, of Wisconsin? I'm like, because I'm a sports writer going on behalf of ESPN Magazine. Anyway, the other one was Connor Shell, who is now, what, number two at all of ESPN for... Um, uh, like on the content side? Yeah, I think there were more interns than that. And maybe, again, maybe this was a, over the course of the summer and maybe you were there for a short window. I think they did, like, I remember I didn't get there till July. So there had probably been a class that come. It was just, by the way, yeah. for people, this was the first year of the magazine's existence. So it was like the first, it was, time, first it, summer it of was, having interns. But there had actually been a precursor to that, which is funny because you mentioned Connor Shell. Uh, one of his peers at ESPN, Lee Fitting, actually worked at the magazine as some kind of intern as well, like a couple of years earlier, when it was like the total sports magazine. So, again, probably more ESPN minutia than anybody probably wanted on that. So, I don't remember interacting with Stu too much, to be honest, Dan, back then. We had a mutual friend who, Mark Connolly, who is a huge soccer guy. I'm proud Ithaca College alum. I doubt he listens to our podcast, though. But anyway, Mark and I became pretty good friends because he worked for ABC Sports Online, which is kind of under our umbrella. And at some point, Stu was over there. I went there right. after the internship ended. And, and actually, and what I remember Mark's is... pretty highly of Stu. Yeah, what I remember is we had another mutual acquaintance. That's Phil Green, who was my boss at ABC Sports Online and had worked with you, right, at, yeah, at ESPN. Yeah. I had recruited him from the Sports Center side to come to, ES- to ESPN, that Sports Center, whatever we were calling it at the time. Back to the podcast in a second. Dan Uthman, I've never gotten a chance to ask you about your shaving habits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that hasn't come up, actually. Well, have you tried? I know Bruce has tried Dollar Shave Club, where you have everything you need to get ready in the bathroom. It's more than just razors, Dollar Shave Club. Yes, that Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that will leave your tush feeling tingly clean. I know you look forward to that, Bruce. I don't know what to say about that part of it, too. But, <laughs> but, but Dan, the body wash I highly recommend. You will be the talk of Portland if you, uh, if you opt in. I will have to try that. And I will say this. As the parent of two young children, I have a respect for those wipes as well. Absolutely. Here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. It comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlie's. Guys, those are their amazing butt wipes. Their world-famous Shave Butter and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out. 
at dollarshaveclub.com slash audible. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash audible. So here's what I remember, and see if you remember this. Like, I didn't really know you at that point that much, but I remember that for bowl season, like, you were still at ESPN, but obviously under the same, like, corporate umbrella. And I remember for bowl season that year, Phil had you write, like, a bunch of scouting reports on the um, bowl matchups. Okay. And they were, like, so much more involved and so much better reported than anything we were doing at the time. And I, I and, and you weren't really even getting to do that kind of stuff. I think, I think basically it was stuff that you weren't getting to do at ESPN Magazine yet. So that really stood out to me. But in terms of when we would have, like, started hanging out, I guess probably through Mark. Mark used to go to the big game every week, and I would occasionally get to go to a big game at that point. So we were probably, like, I remember being in Nebraska once with you guys, Miami maybe. Actually, that Nebraska trip, if I'm not mistaken, so that was the Mike Stunts pass to Eric Crouch game against Oklahoma. Wow, you remember the name of the guy who threw the pass. That's amazing. Well, the reason why I remember it is because this year was the first year I've been back to Lincoln since then. You know, I spent, so I was there for a magazine story where we were either going to do an, a story on an Oklahoma player. I don't remember who it was going to be if Oklahoma won. They didn't. Nebraska won. So I was doing a Tanu Fanoti story, who was their 360 pound guard. And so I spent like the next, you know, Link. Lincoln was great that weekend, but then all of a sudden, it was like pretty much everybody left town but me. And so I was there for like four days. I think I saw three movies. I, I remembered that. And again, I think, I don't know if we both lived in New York City at the same time, but just on the college football beat, what I remembered a lot. And I remember from, from again, hanging around Mark, who was not, he was a couple of years younger than me. I think he's probably in between my age and Stu's age. There weren't, you know, we were the youngest people on the beat at the time. Yep. So I remember... Tony Barnhart being especially hospitable, but there was a clique of writers who were, you know, a good 10, 15, yeah, probably 10 years older than, than me at least, who, you know, I knew of, but just, you know, didn't really have much interaction other than, you know, like Tony was especially nice. Some of the other guys were, were nice, but it was just, you just never got to really, con- you know, you just weren't going out to eat or go drink with them because you just felt like they were a lot older. I don't think it was because they were older. I think it was like, I mean, and, and probably there's some 23-year-old sports writer out there right now who thinks this way of us. But, like, they they had just been doing it together for so long. They kind of traveled in a pack. And right. Hard yeah, to that's like, true. Hard to, to penetrate that click. So you're right. Like, that's kind of how that all started. And then um, – but, Dan, like, in terms of us working together, that didn't even become a remote possibility until 2014. So we had been covering the same beat, hanging out on the road – Went that that brief year that you moved back from LA to New York when I was still in New York, we hung out a lot there. There's this what was the what's that Italian restaurant? You anytime you came into town, you made me go to this one fairly nondescript Italian restaurant Coppola's. in town. Yeah, like of all the Italian yeah. restaurants in New York, that was the only one you wanted to go to. Well, because it was a block and a half from where I, I I lived, and honestly, it was better than anything I can I've gotten out here in Southern California. So, but yes, I would you know. My coworkers at the magazine would call it the Bruce Zone, where I seldom strayed from like a ten block radius from where I lived or whatever. So that was the truth. But yeah, so it kind of started there. And then as far as the Audible goes, I think I got to to Fox about a about a month or two before Stu did, and I had launched the podcast on my own, where I was like, all right, let me get whoever I can get. And the first guest I had was Les Miles. I think I had Brian Kelly, and at one point Stu was in that mix. 
Uh, and then he came over and it just kind of unfolded that way where we just kind of became very, uh, very comfortable just to talk about, Hey, what are we going to talk about in college football this week? And that's and that was answer just, in, po- in audible history right there. Yeah. Cause there's, cause there's really not a straight, you know, like, Hey, I remember, I don't remember when I met Stu. I, I mean, I barely remember interacting with him when he was, a when he was a magazine intern, you know, I remember some of my other, you know, friends who were in magazine interns because I think the place was much more established. But back when Stu was there and certainly when I was there, everybody was new. So it was just kind of like, you know, it was a kind of a juggling act for, you know, who you were meeting and, and who they were and what they did and how long they were going to be there. One thing I don't think I fully realized would happen once we started working together at Fox is we tend to gravitate, and why I think this will be great with the athletic is we tend to gravitate toward different aspects of the sport, right? So, like, I'm very into the playoff race and the committee and all that goes into that, administrative things, conference realignment, and you're more into, you know, coaching carousel, certainly anything having to do with weight rooms. Like, <laughs> I could not be less interested in that, and yes, you're, that's your comfort zone. So, you know, and like I'm a columnist, I mostly write columns at this point. I had the same, I kind of went through the same thing you did at some point where, you know, I had done a lot of features and enterprise and, and enjoyed it, but at some point kind of realized, well, I think I enjoy column writing a lot more and I'm going to focus more on that. The beauty of where I work now is that we have a whole team of people like Chantel and, and Nicole and Matt Fortuna and everybody who are out doing those kind of enterprise features. So... Like and then you're you're a news breaking guy, uh, like you're an insider, and so we kind of play off each other well that way. And it, it never felt very competitive. Like even when when Stu got to Fox, one of my bosses, they kind of knew, you know, the playoff was was coming in, and Stu was much more versed in the background than that, and he was much more intrigued by that, to be honest, and so. Like there, I never felt like there would be any competition or even a hint of like, oh, they're putting, they're turning to him for this expertise and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to only look to me for this kind of stuff where they're looking at him for that kind of stuff. And I was never, it never bothered me or I don't think it would ever bother him just because we're just wired very differently, you know, whereas, you know, I could see how that could be challenging, especially if what, you know, if you're younger and still trying to sort out relationships with how people perceive you at a new place. But that was never a concern. Even when he did his bowls, polls and tattered souls book, I don't know what it was 10 years ago or so, but maybe it was more than that. I remember reading it and thinking, like, I'd never been an AP voter. I, I know something about the process. I know more than like, you know, my next door neighbors do. But just in terms of a lot of those other things, I was kind of intrigued by it because a lot of those things that Stu cares about, I don't care about that much. I'm not saying I'm not interested at all in it, but just that was more his thing. I mean, the worst the worst role I ever had at ESPN.com was when I had to do the bowl projections. I couldn't stand <laughs> doing that, you know, and so I love it. So that's where it was. Back to the podcast in a second, but first, Dan Uthman, how are you sleeping these days? Fairly well, although uh, certain copy sometimes keeps me up late at night, I must admit. Well, listen, Dan, you know where I can help you with that? I can't do much for, for Stu being a heavy edit, but 
I can make you a good sleeper if you go the route that Stu and I went when we had a, a great ad show up in our inbox. And then we had a huge package show up at our doorsteps from, from Lisa, the best night's sleep you will get. Lisa right now, Bruce and Dan, is offering the deepest discount they've ever offered, $125 off a mattress at lisa.com slash audible. They have 11,000 five-star reviews. Lisa Mattress is loved by 300,000 happy sleepers and counting. Socially conscious with a mission to end bedlessness in America, Lisa Mattresses were designed to provide support and pressure relief to every body type and sleeping for a deeper night's sleep. So again... $125 off at lisa.com slash audible. How do you guys think that this renewed partnership, like how do you see that playing out on the pages of the athletic? Will it have any effect on this podcast? Have you guys talked about that at all? It shouldn't have any effect on this podcast. We will try. I promise we'll try not to turn it into a complete promotional vehicle for the athletic, but if we, if I could take a second to do that right now, I don't pretend to think that everybody that listens to the Audible is a subscriber to the Athletic yet. But hey, if you like the two of us enough to listen to this podcast, I hope now that the two of us are both writing for it, that would be enticement enough. But actually, like I actually, Dan, I was thinking maybe you could explain a little bit, kind of how this is all going to fit together, not just with the two of us, but you know, we've announced recently that we're hiring team writers. We've we've announced um well seth emerson has already started for us on georgia david Auburn will cover tennessee aaron Sells will cover alabama there's a bunch more coming that we haven't had a chance to announce yet and now we've got bruce coming on you know we started with a staff of seven writers and and we may be about to reach the point where that's doubled explain the the, the strategy and the vision of the all-american 2.0 well i think when we started out you know we had very much a national sort of a, a regional lineup that fed into a full national product. And then we came back from the championship, and I think the company saw the relative success that we had in our first year and wanted to invest more. And by doing so, you know, there's a lot of new cities that have come into the play for this company since you and I joined last July. For some of these cities, there are college football programs that have big followings among alumni or just fans in general in those markets. So that is kind of a good synergy or whatever word there is for that. That kind of feeds into that. And then there's Are you just doing this podcast at a restaurant, Bruce? No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. That's somebody, <laughs> That's at, somebody at my house is, is in the kitchen being okay. loud. No, look. I, hi, Christy. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue. But at the same time, we look at analytics a lot and not necessarily the same way a lot of other outlets necessarily look at them. But we know what schools are in demand and we know what schools our subscribers want to read more of. So we've been very strategic and and very deliberate, even though it may seem like there's a rapid expansion. Everything's very, very much thought out and it'll be done over time. But there are certain schools that for our subscribers and subscriber growth make a lot of sense. For us to invest in and try to get the very best coverage from the very best people. So that's sort of where we're going. It's a it's sort of a two pronged model in some ways. But my general view is this. There's 130 teams in the football bowl subdivision. 
if you multiply that out to number of players, it's somewhere around 15,000. Don't check my math, but I think that's right. So there's a lot of stories to be told. That doesn't include the coaches. You know, there's 10 on field and 50 behind the scenes in some cases at schools. So there's a lot of stories to be told. It's a sport that's evolving. It's a sport that has tons of issues that are good and bad, despite our sort of unquestioned love for it. So there's a lot to chew on, and there is a lot of demand for it. I mean, if you talk to many people, I I think most surveys say that college football is the second most popular sport in the United States. So there's a lot to work with there. And thankfully, we have an opportunity to have an awesome staff to work with to explore all those nooks and crannies. It's really exciting. It's, you know, I have to pinch myself sometimes and remind myself, like, where I was a year ago, and frankly, where you were too, Bruce. And and one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast this way is it's full circle for us. Uh, and you alluded to it earlier. The last podcast we, or the last version of this that we did for Fox before they went to a pivot to video model. First of all, I remember in the lead up to that, like we didn't know when to do it because we weren't sure when it was actually going to become public, what was happening. We didn't know if when the time came to record it, if there would be anybody still employed to produce it and distribute it. We didn't know if we were going to be able to continue the Audible once we were not, well, certainly once I wasn't employed there anymore. And then at that moment, I think, Bruce, you you knew you were going to SI, but you hadn't, you couldn't say it yet. And I was talking to The Athletic and felt pretty good that that was going to happen, but it wasn't anywhere near final. So yeah, that, that podcast, I mean, we got the world's least deserved pity party out of that podcast. <laughs> Everybody was was, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And like, we both kind of knew it was going to work out all right. But I never would have guessed it would worked out like this, where we're back together and with a whole army of great writers, you know, now working alongside us. Yeah. And I think that, again, I give you credit because you had a faith that something was going to happen and it did. And certainly probably much, much more robust than I think you could have even hoped it would have been. From my perspective, it's just been very cool to see that, like I said, there was a I think there was a void that has been created over just the unstable sports writing market. And it's that's been going on for a while. But I think it took such a downward shift in the previous you know, 18 months that here was a big void that the athletic was able to to jump into. And I just remember you know, not only from, from you going into it, but as I said, some of the people I, I knew from my time around the press box and, or, you know, having worked at ESPN, but it was just a lot of people who ended up seeing an opportunity here. And I think back to, uh, this is before you and Dan had, had really approached me, but I was at the, at the, uh, college football playoff and I was going to, realized like I was having laptop issues. <laughs> My laptop was basically fried. So I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna be able to do anything on Sunday, but I can drive to the coaches convention for a day when I, you know, and then come back. And I think I was out with a bunch of people and I kind of threw the idea. I think you were at the dinner and Max Olson, who I knew a little bit, but not that well, was like, yeah, I'll go. And I was like, eh. I wasn't sure if he was dead serious. Or it was like one of those things at night somebody says, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to leave at like 7 a.m. Are you going to meet me at the, you know, in the, basically in the hotel lobby? And sure enough, he was there with his backpack and we made the four hour drive and got to know him a lot better and also kind of got to know what I was like. Okay, here's the, let's see, here's the 
you know, put a lot on him by saying this, but just like, okay, this is exactly the kind of person I would want to, to get to work with, you know, as a young writer, it's not sad at work. You know, I love Andy Staples. He was, you know, he was a great colleague and still a great friend, but I was like, when, you know, just talking to Max and I see opportunities there where it's not just, not just, uh, people who are already established who, who people know about and have big, you know, sizable followings like, like Ken Rosenthal, you know, like Stu does, and certainly like, you know, the guys in the Bay Area and some of these other city sites that I'm, I'm quite honestly not as versed in, but just seeing an opportunity for Max and seeing the work that he's done and seeing the work that, you know, I, you know, I still remember Chantel's first story that she did for, for you guys, which I thought was a cool idea and execution. And so all those things kind of made me think, okay, this is, this is a really cool cool opportunity we're not trying to write every day about like each of us are not trying to to ring a bell and say okay you know this is this is the 13 best running backs in college football right now yeah the you know sometimes we'll click on stuff like that and I, I'm, I'm i don't say i was guilty of it but i just think it just it, it it's very appealing at this time and i'm glad it's worked out the way it has all right, so we've to, to wrap up, we've already thrown a couple promo codes at you today for mattresses and razors, but I got one more for you for premier college football writing, and not just college football, you get access to the whole athletic. This is the best deal going right now. If you go to theathletic.com slash all-American expansion, like get it, like conference expansion, all-American expansion, 40% off the first year. Bruce, that is $2.99 a month. Think about that. Two ninety nine a month for our double digit now growing roster of college football writers, but also Seth Davis and his great college basketball writing staff, Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, all those Warriors writers you talked about. Whatever city you're listening to us in right now, check and see. We probably at this point have, if there's a pro sports team in that market, we probably have somebody covering it or we will very soon. So all, uh, theathletic.com slash expansion. Two ninety nine a month, and um, I would say can't wait to get started. But I think you already did. You already have your first thing out. I do, yeah. And again, it just kind of goes back to looking and seeing the people who you have, you know, already had. You know, even though he's not technically on your head count, you know, Brian Hamilton. I was like, you know, the work he does, whatever he does, is tremendous. But then just seeing, wow, you got Seth Emerson to go. Wow, you got Aaron Suttles. You're going to get David David Ubbin to to cover college football, you know, it, it was, it, it, it was just a lot of people beyond just, you know, my, you know, me having my like, you know, personal favorite, like a John Walters, you know, on his voice on over the weekends, but it's really the people who are, who you need to read. I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you need to read Aaron. If you're a Georgia fan, you certainly need to read Seth. I mean, these are, these are play. This is a, a place right now where I think they're doing stuff. You're doing stuff as a as a collective that nobody else is going to be doing this season. So that's why I think it's just like if you're if you're a college football fan, you got to do it. And there's so many other things you get in in addition to it beyond just you know because people aren't just college football fans. They may that's their passion, but they may be fans of you know whatever other sport or baseball or or NBA or certainly college hoops. And I just think the chills and voids that that are there now. We need to wrap. Dan, thanks so much for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I will see you guys when I get back from Hawaii. 
And to the listeners out there, we'll see you next time. If you enjoy our podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to The Audible on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor for 2018, Trader Joe's. We'd also like to thank our producer, Nick Fink. Our theme song is Dangerous by Kevin and the Octaves. You can download their music on iTunes or Spotify. You can subscribe to my college football website, The All-American, by going to theathletic.com slash theaudible, where you get a 25% discount and a seven-day free trial. Follow Bruce at Bruce Feldman CFB on Twitter. You can follow me at SL Mandel. See you next time. Talk about it for years. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.